Welcome back to another episode of Tube or Not Tube. My name is Adam, and I don't know why I'm speaking like this. Um, yeah, welcome back.、Uh, today's episode is Simon. Simon, who is Simon?、Um, Simon, or as he calls himself, Coach Minton.、Um, Is on the podcast. He's a friend of mine. We met last year at the summer camp. If you listen to episode 12 with Ollie, we met at the same camp, summer camp and we were in fact in the same team essentially.、Um, so that's how we know each other. Topics for this episode well, he's called Coach Minton, so we're going to speak about working out at some point.、Um, Favourite food, cycling, charity. Uh, doing a gap year, Switzerland, being on death row, and the five senses, as well as volunteering lemons, brain, and dreams. It's a great episode. And listen to the end, there's a little surprise. See you later. Today was first time mountain biking, like proper downhill riding for four years.、Um, I nearly ate it so many times on the way down. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I went with、uh, mate Jack and Matthew. Remember Matthew from Summer Camp? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.、Um, so, two of us, the three of us were bombing down, and I just was like, I'm not letting them lose me. So, I was trying to stay as close to them as possible.、Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the last time I went mountain biking, well, I was, I was in, in Thailand, and basically in, in, in Bangkok, there's like,、um, it's like the military airport. And they have like this basically forest on the military airport. And it's basically,、um, they have loads of mountain biking routes on this thing. And they had jumps and stuff. And I'd never been mountain biking before. And we, we, we had this jump that, you know, my mate went first, right? And he, he did the thing and up, and his, his, his wheel stayed kind of level the whole way as he fell. As soon as I went up, my wheel just went bang. Just like it, it, the, 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 there was no sort of takeoff. It was just a bang, bang <laughs> over the handlebars straight to the hospital. That was it. I had a, like、oh, a contusion.、Man. Yeah, contusion. In, like a, basically, which I learned was the word, it's basically a bruise. I, like, I, I bruised my sort of elbow. I thought, I thought they were like. A lot more fancy and a lot more like. <laughs> Dangerous.、So. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was like, a, oh, you, you've, you've, you've broken something, you've fractured it. Contusion, right? Yeah. It's a bruise. That's all it is. I, I couldn't try to like, lift. Are you supposed to lift before you? You kind of, as you go off it, you're kind of supposed to lift the, the bike as a whole. So you're lifting.、Ah. It's, it's kind of hard to explain because that was one of the issues I had today was just. The, again, the back front wheel's going down, and I'm like, nah, nah, <laughs> please don't. But yeah, I mean, I, I, when, I, when I've got a bit more practice and I'll get back to you on that. But、uh, yeah, no,、nah, jumps are scary, man, particularly on bikes. I prefer it on skis. Skis, you can just,、oh. it's a bit softer, you know, there's no rocks, there's no, none of that. Yeah. See, I, I can't ski for shit either. That, that was one thing when I, when I went to. Switzerland last, like last summer with all you guys, literally everyone was like, Oh, yeah, so when I go skiing or when I do this or my skis, blah, 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 my ski, I, I, it was just completely new. I went skiing once in my life, and because I went skiing once, I had no practice, therefore I was shit. 
And so I would, I would basically try to go uphill, like walk uphill, but then just slide back down. And it just frustrated me. And I just, I gave up. That was it. That was, that is my skiing experience. So yeah, I mean, the top tip I have with you for skiing is, is go downhill. Don't, don't, don't try any of this uphill nonsense. Man, that's what the lifts are there that's, for. That's why. That's, that's where you're going wrong. Uh, ah, like you got, you got to go downhill. Point the skis downhill. Mate, I've, I've been, it's been. I don't know who was teaching you, but like. <laughs> no, I, but it was, it was, it wasn't, we weren't trying to ski uphill. We were trying to get to the top of the hill so that we could ski down. Uh, just take the skis off at that point, mate, and just walk. Ah, that's why. Uh, just got this picture of you, like, starfished on the slopes, just trying to get, trying to make your way up. Yeah, and I, I couldn't, uh, and when, when we did at some point get some, get some downhill, which is the whole sport, as you've just told me, as, as soon as we got some downhill, it was, um, we, we were trying to, you know, do this thing. Pizza, French fry thing. Oh, pizza, pizza French, French fries. Fry. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just, I couldn't do that even. I couldn't stop, so I just fell. My, my whole body fell as a unit. So as, that was your break, just, just like lie down. Yeah, it was just, yeah, that's it. Too fast, going off the edge. I have a nap. Yeah. That was the... Good way to go. Yeah. That and was the technique. It's not, it's, but it's, anyway. It's snow, isn't it? It's quite fluffy, so if you kind of do that, then you're, you're all right. You wouldn't be so good on the You're fine. No. If you're doing no. it on a, on, a, on a race bike going downhill in your tight little lycra and you're not like, oh, no brakes. I'll, just, I'll lie down. Yeah. Um, so, so do you still have uni stuff? Or, yeah, or, or so uni, it... uni's still on. Um, well, right. I, I just finished my exams actually for first year. Um, Congrats. How was it? The, the, whole, the whole year? Um, what side? Like social or more like academic or... All of it. You're a Loughborough, aren't you? Yeah, Loughborough. So um, let's start with like social. So Loughborough is quite, yeah, it's quite wild in terms of <laughs> in terms of parties and everything. I mean, our union's fantastic. There's three clubs within the union. There's three different levels. Um, so you've got different rooms for, depending for on for what, like different sports, different music. Oh, all right. So it's three different three different rooms, three big rooms with different music. So you've got uh, rap room, then you've got electro, and then you've got like classics. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, mate, it's fantastic. And you pay, like you just get in and then you can go to any of them. It doesn't matter. You can just rotate between the rooms. Um, on a big night, there'll be like 3,000 people in there, like during Freshers. Shit, man. And Freshers, we didn't have Freshers Week. We had Freshers Fortnight. Uh, which was interesting. They had to include sober nights just because people, like, no one can have 14 <laughs> days in a row. Um, oh, man, yeah. No, Freshers was a blast. Like, we got to meet all the new people. I always lost my group. I never, like, finished the night with the same people I started it with. It was always just, and that's kind of been a theme as I've gone through uni. It's, I just meet people that way and end up, after somewhere else or doing this or doing that um yeah academically it's and it's first year so i didn't i haven't found it particularly difficult i found the start bit just getting used to getting my head around everything quite tough and just kind of understanding you don't get that one-to-one time um and particularly you know since since lockdown and all the everything's been online it's just been a bit weird trying to learn 
through that and just watching lectures online and thinking, sitting down and staring at your screen for two hours and it not being Netflix is, yeah. it's not, it's not as fun, you know, but yeah, I, 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 I definitely enjoyed it. Like, I definitely chose the right, right topic for, to study, but yeah, for sure. Which is sports science. Sports science. Yeah. 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 Best, one of the like best place to go as far as I'm concerned. I mean, like I, I tend to train quite early in the morning when I'm at, at uni, like during the week. And when I turn up at most days, I'd say three out of five training sessions I go to, Adam Peaty, like world Olympic medalist, like fantastic, like record holder and everything. He's in the rack next to me. <laughs> and best experience of my life, his coach comes up to me at one point, we're on this sled and I was like, oh no, here we go. We're going to get told off here. And he asked if he can join in for a set. And I was like, oh, what is this? Like, that was, oh, highlight that, absolute highlight. But then you're thinking, Crazy. oh, man, I cannot mess this set up. Like, I cannot do something stupid now, like have all the plates fall off one end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a fantastic place. Um, town's not nice. <laughs> the town's not nice. But the uni itself is, is grand. You'll have to come visit sometime. Like, I'd, yeah, I'd love to. But you, I, I'd your, love to. your eyes lit up at the sound of three clubs in one place. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds that sounds really cool. Where where is it actually situated in terms of like England? <laughs> okay, you're gonna love this. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I just fly there. I don't know where I am. I, lit I, lit I, <laughs> I fly, just see the airport. I fly to Luton and then I just get a train that takes me straight to uni and then I get on a bus that takes me to the it's uni. Like Hogwarts. It's like it Hogwarts. Is. It is a little bit. You don't. Re I don't really know where it is. I know it's near Nottingham. Okay, right. Okay, right, I know where that is. It's, I, like, but then I don't know where Nottingham is in relation to anything else. <laughs> I, think, I think it's like central... England, but I don't. I, again, I don't really know. Yeah, I know. I, I've got my auntie and uncle live close to Nottingham, just right. outside Nottingham. So, so, so I know where that is, but I'm not exactly sure where it is. No, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to. Do you actually, do you actually play any sports there, or is it just mainly just train? Because I know, like, there's a lot of is, there's a big rugby thing in Loughborough. There is a big rugby thing. Yeah. So, um, I didn't try out for any of the big rugby teams because I was. To be honest, it's a lot of commitment at Loughborough. Like, there's five rugby teams, and to get on, then there was 300 people turned up to try out. Um, but I played because we've got there's different levels. You've got like Bucks, and then like Nat Nat One and Nat Two. So that's like national division and everything, um, which some of my mates played in. And then you've got recreational, but as like an in between kind of level, you've got um, IMS. So that's intramural sports which basically means it's halls competing against other halls. And the level for that already, you've got tryouts to be within your hall. I mean, there's two football Whoa. teams per hall. So it's it's a big thing. Like sport, I mean, sport's massive there. Um, and I've played, believe it or not, fairly, well, no one knows really knows my height unless you've met me, but I'm 5'7". <laughs> and I was on the basketball team. Whoa! <laughs> I was just quite little, so they didn't see me coming. So I'd just stand in front of them, and they'd knock into me, and I'd get a charge and foul. Foul. Yeah, but you you were pretty sick at 
uh, our basketball. Also, for those of you who don't know, Simon, you're pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, and quite difficult to... I, I remember when we played basketball, because we... This will probably be in, in the intro at some point, how we met and stuff, but... Um, so we met at a summer camp, and before any of the kids arrived, we had a week of training, and we had a, a staff basketball game which seemed to last for hours. I think we must have been playing until the early hours of the morning in this massive, with music blaring in the in the sports hall. Oh yeah, God, yeah. That that was that was a long week. That we did a lot of things, but that basketball game was definitely a highlight because there's no ventilation so in there, good. is there? <laughs> yeah, so just, shirts were flying. <laughs> so I was like slippery slightly greased up like you couldn't grab hold of me yeah, it's, yeah especially <laughs> with the sweat there's no way you're stopping him <laughs> yeah oh yeah no i remember so that. so do you play that um quite often then the basketball that's your um yeah i mean i play it i play it just for fun it's it's a good thing to just kind of go down to the like the ballpark area and just just have a mess around and i particularly like playing with people who've played before and people who haven't played before because the combination is just fantastic <laughs> like you get it's just it's entertaining i do it more socially it's not i don't do it as a competitive thing hmm. although we did win our league for for this year which we're quite happy about so oh, nice. it's yeah it's just it's it's nice ims i think at loughborough is just a nice level of you know you get to enjoy the sport have fun but there's still an edge of competitiveness uh, yeah, not we, too we serious. For some reason. Fuck mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was... Yeah, but my, I, I imagine, like, especially for your first year at uni, I imagine having basically half of it online is just a bit weird. Yeah. Oh, it's so like, weird. maybe not the transition you were expecting. No, it, it really wasn't, because there wasn't kind of the, the ending that we expected. Because we were looking forward to summer ball and, you know, going out when it had all finished and end of exam period and everything like that. And we just, that just never happened. It just kind of tailed and just ended suddenly. There was a message we got, out. Yeah. got on a Thursday afternoon saying that Friday lectures were cancelled and they were going to be cancelled till the Easter holidays. And everyone was thinking, oh, great, we're going to go on a night out. And then they announced that all the clubs were shot. And so it just ended up just... <laughs> You know, kind of this, it just fizzled out. The, the spark kind of died and it was just a bit, it's just strange. And then everyone was talking about leaving and everything. And we just thought we were all coming back after Easter. As I think most people did, like around the world, thinking, oh, this is a two week thing. We'll be indoors for a little bit. I don't think anyone expected it to go on this long. And yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I left Loughborough with, with a hand luggage, like a rucksack. I still have laundry in my laundry bag at uni. <laughs> <laughs> my bed my bed is probably still unmade from when I got up in the morning and left <laughs> like I have all my posters are up like every, all the stuff's all around my room I don't have any clothes here either so it it just was totally uh, unexpected yeah same I when I first heard that I could kind of because my my girlfriend is in Germany that's why I'm here and I went to stay with her parents for like a couple months. And when I heard that there was an opportunity to cross the border from, from France, um, I was like, brilliant, let's do it. I booked a train for an hour later. 
and I had basically about 10 minutes to pack three months worth of clothes. And I just, I grabbed everything and I, I grabbed, and I realized this later, right? I grabbed seven socks. Now, just random socks. They were just kind of in the drawer. They weren't paired. So it was just seven random socks. So none of my socks matches. I don't have any summer clothes. In the past three months, it's gotten hot. It's gotten very hot. Uh, I don't have my sunglasses. I don't have swimming shorts. I don't have anything. So I'm actually really close to Strasbourg. So I'm going to head back and change my outfit and then just come back. Wow. <laughs> Changing from the, you know, the winter to the summer collection. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was basically two and a half months ago. It was kind of cold still. Yeah. Because I'm guessing you packed as well thinking, oh, well, I'm only going to need, you know, cold <laughs> Seven stuff socks. because I'm going to be there for a week. You know? Yeah. How did you do the rotation with the socks? Did you wear, wear like one it, a day? Well you, 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 well, you can actually get um, four four rotations of a sock. So if you get if you get so one and then inside out and then swap foot and then swap inside feet, out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is not what I did. I did I did wash them. It, it was kind of a constant. There was always at least one sock in the washing machine at some point, just to keep the rota. You just just kept them on while you go in the shower and just wash them through like that. Ah, uh, you're telling me that three months in. I know, mate. You've got you've got you know improvise, adapt, overcome, and all that. Uh, Simon, here's question one, and it it kind of ties on to what we were talking about. We were, I think, the last topic was kind of fitness related. And then we kind of changed to Switzerland and stuff. But anyway, um, I've seen your fitness Instagram, which you've recently started. And I've done a few of the workouts myself. Um, m- fucking difficult, some of them, <laughs> I must say. That burpee one killed me. Mm-hmm. Um, can you... So this is... I'm going to try and make it into a question. Um, everyone's in quarantine, Simon. Yeah. You need to recommend a workout... In, that people can do in quarantine. Ooh. What do you recommend? So they, so they have they have little to no equipment, basically. Okay. What what kind of level are we talking? And what what are their goals? Because like that's the thing. Okay. Each one's different. Each person's different. They've got their own little blueprint. They've got their own kind of things they want to work towards. And I'd never suggest that one workout is specific to to anyone. Like I set these little challenges. And I set workouts and I I don't recommend that people follow them exactly. Like do what you enjoy. That's the thing I'd always go with. Um, I've had a lot of people that go out running and um, some people have come back to me and said, I'm going out running because I want to get out during lockdown and stuff. And I hate being in the house, but I just don't enjoy it. And that's something that, yeah, you, because of the lockdown, you might be able to keep it going for a couple of weeks but you want to get something that you enjoy so that you retain that motivation to just keep it going. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it all depends on your goals. Cause I'm not going to recommend someone who wants to do bodybuilding and put on muscle mass, for example, it's going to be a very different program to someone who wants to develop their uh, aerobic abilities. And you're going to be working different muscle groups, depending on what sport you want to do. So I kind of try and adapt, based on that like i'll 
for example, if someone's doing cycle training or they're doing this or they're training for a specific event, they'll do that. Um, if they're training to develop their, develop their overall fitness, then I'll try and include aerobic stuff, anaerobic and analactic um, training in their program. Um, it's definitely one of the questions that I'd say doesn't have a straightforward answer. Um, but like what, what, for example, let's, let's, all right, let's see you. What would be your goals? What do you want to? Okay. Right. Okay. So let me see. Um, so my name's Adam. I'm 21 years old. Hi, Adam. <laughs> um, hi, Coach Simon. Minton. Coach Minton. Coach Minton. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so let's say I want to, um, I want to put on some muscle, right? I'm already, I'm already, <laughs> that was a stupid, right? I'm already quite lean, mm-hmm. right? So I don't particularly need to lose any fat. You know, that's mm-hmm. not, that wouldn't be one of the goals to lose body fat. Okay. Um, but maybe to build, have more definition have more in definition. my muscles. Okay. Yeah. So please. First thing I've noted there is you don't want to lose weight. So you don't want to like reduce down. And the key thing with losing weight, gaining weight, everything, it's all to do with calories. So if you want to lose weight, you're going to be in a calorie deficit. But seeing as you want to develop and you want to grow a little bit more, you want to be in a calorie surplus. So you want to be, you're burning calories as you breathe, as you walk, as you sleep, like you're just constantly burning them because your body, body needs that energy. So you want to be eating more than you're burning off during the day, for example. Uh, you want to be eating how, right. how do you know? And yeah, like, how do you know? Yeah. You can do calorie counting and stuff like that, and that, but you, you do tend to get a bit fixated on that. But what I would say is just, I, I personally what I do is I just try and eat a little bit more than I normally do. So if I just think, okay, this okay. is a regular eating, like, eating day, and I think, well, somewhere in there, I'm going to add two slices of toasted peanut butter, for example. That's my that's my personal go-to. Um, it's not the cleanest of ways of doing it, but I mean, I think if you start to focus too much, I had this conversation with my girlfriend the other day, actually, like if, for people, because she does sports science as well, and we were discussing, if you start to focus on the individual tiny little aspects, it can get quite obsessive in nature. You just want to make sure you've got a good balance but that you're eating more than you're, you know, than you're burning. Um, and then in terms of size, you, you want to be working within hypertrophy. You want to be, tra- it's hypertrophy training. So what that means is you're typically between eight and 12 reps, yeah. three to five sets of whatever you're doing. And because I'm guessing you don't have a lot of equipment, so you don't have some heavy stuff, so you can't go to a bench press, Max, well, that, that, that's fine. One of the things that I found was really effective for that, so to keep within that rep range, is time under tension. And I posted about this in one of my Instagrams, in the, in the, in the description, in the, in, the, yeah, in the comments for one of the posts. It's, time under tension means you've still got, you're still doing the same number of repetitions, but you're putting a bit more, the force is a bit more constant. It lasts a little bit longer. So it forces the muscle to work a bit harder and forces more. So slower, slow yeah. it down a bit. Slow it down. And mainly in the eccentric phase, the eccentric phase. So as, for example, in a push-up, as you're lowering yourself to the ground, that's when you want to have that 
slow kind of tempo. So I'll count for push-ups, for example, if I'm doing 12 or if I'm doing supersets and stuff like that, then I'll be doing five seconds, six seconds on the way down. So, and proper 1,001, 1,002, like all mm-hmm. the way down and for 12 reps. And you're going to feel that. Um, so that that's, that's definitely the thing I'd say for trying to, because once you're lower than about six reps, you go in into like the strength. strength. Yes. Yeah. And once you're above kind of 12, 13, 15, you're starting to go endurance. into muscular endurance. Exactly. So, and that's definitely what I, what I'd go with for you, um, based on, based on your goals again. But I mean, the, the eating thing, like that's, that's where, that's where the stuff happens is all so much of what you do. And I'm still learning a lot about this as I go through uni, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in it. And I think that even the top people in their field that I've talked to them and they never say, Oh, we know everything. Like you're still learning and just, you just learn through experience. You learn to understand what your body, how your body responds to certain foods, how much you eat in a certain day. So I don't even need to calorie count anymore. And I've got an idea of, okay, this week I'm going to end up losing weight or like next week I'm going to end up gaining Mm. weight because of how much I'm eating on a given day. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how, that's kind of how I'd approach it. And it's all through, all through practice. But I, I definitely wouldn't say get bogged down with it because it can become quite obsessive in time at times but no yeah so great a, a kind of follow-up kind of fitness question related thing um you you work out a lot yeah right? now i'm just wondering is there is there some sort of uh goal that you have that you're hoping to obtain or is it just a a kind of i'm doing it because it's now a habit or are you actually working towards something um in terms of training in the gym, so the Swiss gyms have opened now, so I've got access to one of them. Um, I've not got any particular goal. I just love, I just love training. I just, I love getting up in the morning and just being like, I want to go in, I want to train, I want to push myself, and I always like the idea of improvement. So if I go in, even if I increase my weight by, we've got these mini plates that are zero point five kilos. If I add 0.5 kilos on both sides, so I add a kilo to my squat, to my deadlift, to my bench press, to my bicep curl, to anything, then that's improvement for me. And I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that kind of aspect of bettering myself, of constantly pushing myself. Um, I also just like it because it's, I've, I mean, I've got scoliosis. So I tend, it helps to realign my spine a little bit. The more, the more I train, I notice that if I don't train for a while, it tends to get a little bit worse. And mm. so that's also something, but that's definitely not the main thing. It's just a byproduct of it. Um, yeah. And I just enjoy doing every sport. I'll never, if someone offers to go and do some adventure, some ride, some hike, some uh, downhill mountain bike today, for example, it's yeah, let's go, let's go do it. Like a hundred percent. Um, and I, I just love taking on challenges. I don't know if you saw, like, me and my mate Jack did a 24-hour cycle challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just stuff like that. I just find something random and just like, okay, let's go do that. And then a couple of weeks, it was a few weeks before that, I'd only been on the bike six times. And Jack was like, oh, do you want to go do this route? I was like, yeah, sure. He said, oh, we're going to be training with this guy who does triathlon. A phenomenal, absolutely, a guy called Andy Mack, phenomenal athlete, unbelievable. 
it's like, oh, let's go do a tour with him. We're going to do 130K, 2,000, 3,000 meters of climbing. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I've been on the bike six times. Let's, let's go do it. And um, I cried on the last hill. I was so much pain. <laughs> I was so tired. My legs were, because we pushed hard. Like, we went really hard around that loop. Um, and my knees had just started to give up, give up by the end of it. And my legs and everything was just hurting. Um, but I finished it. And that's, that's it. That's yeah, and it's, it's that feeling again. Yeah. at the end yeah. yeah and the 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 24 hour thing was was definitely something that was very close to me because it was raising money for a charity and definitely a charity that's very close to me because i've worked with them quite a lot um and it was just something we were just on a ride and we were just like hey that would be really cool doing a 24 hour bike ride and then we just this whole thing just in two days like it just grew and it was like okay now we're doing this like three days later we both got turbo trainers set up in our living room and we didn't actually decide on our strategy for how we were going to pace it until the day before. And then we changed it halfway through the day. We decided we were going to switch up some of the times and yeah, we went into it just kind of a bit blind and just decided to wing it. And I think that's yeah, it's great. How, how much money did you raise in the end? I think it was 1000, the initial goal, right? was 500 pounds. We hit that within about 12 hours, which was, I couldn't believe it. I thought 500 was quite a big ask. And then we set it to 800. And I said, I'm not going to put it any higher than that. I think the most recently I checked, it's 1,250 or 1,275. Wow. And considering that a teacher's salary in Uganda at the school where I've where I've spent quite a bit of time, a yearly sal- the yearly salary for a teacher, I think was something like 40 pounds. Yearly? Yeah. It was... Um, because they get they get accommodation and stuff provided for them but actual money they get it's phenomenal the exchange rate from pounds to ugandan shillings one pound is five thousand ugandan shillings what it's it's massive it's and the difference that that's going to make is incredible i mean we through my school a couple of years ago we raised some money for that charity and i think we raised was it two another two thousand or something like that and that was enough to build two dormitories like from scratch, like big dormitories for all the kids, put in mosquito nets, get malaria medication for the whole village and a bunch of other repairs that needed doing. And it, I don't even think it put a dent in it. Like this, this, they were then able to use it for all this other stuff to get farmland, to buy seeds. And it's crazy how much it can do. It's unbelievable. And that's one of the things it was any donation made such a big contribution to these people's lives. And I think you don't quite understand that until you see that firsthand and you go there and you kind of, you see what these people are going through and you understand their kind of their struggles. And it just makes you, it made me really aware when I came back. And that's why I've always kind of, it's always been really close to me to kind of do that. And, you know, it's, it's tough for us here, but we've got, I mean, in Germany and Switzerland, like the, the medical resources are unbelievable. I think the hospitals at our peak in Switzerland, the hospitals are two thirds full. But I mean, the, the village of Katiti out in Uganda, it, there's six hours from the nearest hospital. Mm-hmm. None of them can get there. None of them have cars. They've only got these motorbike things. Um, and none of them are really reliable. I don't think I ever saw one go more than about five kilometers. So 
yeah how how did you but before we move on to the next question this is really interesting how did you first kind of get connected with with this is it, is it one specific school we're talking about one, here? so it's one specific charity it's a charity called planting for hope uganda and it was founded by a lady called kate oakley um after after her husband died um and she was when i first went out i was it was 2015 or 2016 and she was, I believe, 72. And she set this up to when she was 70. So it had only been going a couple of years. And she was a family friend of ours that we met in, in the UK. And she started talking to me about it. Because, uh, fun fact, I took a gap year when I was 15. And that's where I did. Same, actually. Did you? Oh. Yeah, when I was 15 as well. <laughs> was it one of the best decisions you ever made? Um, but No, but was it your decision? It was kind of my family's decision more than more than anything oh no it was kind of it was a joint decision like my family suggested it i never thought they'd ever say yes or something like that and i just thought traveling the world getting some getting some work done getting some real world experience that was just i'd never thought my parents would be okay with that and they were and it was one of the most influential years for me definitely it, it put a whole new perspective in terms of work capacity and what you've got to do to you know if you want to make it, if you want to do great things, if you want to go and, you know, enjoy your life, you've got to really go out there and try and find these opportunities. That's incredible. Wait, sorry, because <laughs> so many things. Right. So we'll, we'll come back to the Uganda thing. It's still sitting there. Um, the, the whole gap year thing, right? Because I, um, I, it, it wasn't my decision. It was a family decision. So my parents decided um, it, it was at an age with me and all of my siblings that it was kind of, we weren't at an important year in school. We had no final exams at the end of the year. We had no things like that. So I was 15. I, I went to a French high school. So I was in, um, I was going into seconde. Yeah. And my brother was going into quatrième. So again, no, no exams, no brevet, no anything. Yeah. And my sister, I think, was going into CZM or something. So there was not no really, you know, drastically important year. And they were like, if we don't do this now, we'll never have the chance to do it again. So we, we just, um, they actually, they bought a, a camper van, like a motorhome. And we basically started off in France and we drove down to Spain. We have some family friends in Spain and then Portugal. And then we kind of went to, to, to Thailand for a bit and then came back and then we're three months in Morocco, um, Italy, Greece, and then kind of all, all the way around Europe for basically 10 Man, months, that's incredible. Which, which was amazing. And we, we have a blog and everything. It's called uh, travelteachtalk.com. If anyone's interested, I wrote loads of blog posts anyway. And one of the things that people were asking in France were like, well, what are you going to do with the kids? Can you just take them out of school for a year? What's going to happen to their education you know they're gonna fail whatever what was your kind of did you have feedback from family or did you have to repeat a year or did you how how did that work so there's there's kind of, it it works a bit differently in swiss in the swiss system because compulsory school ends when you're 15 so i finished in june and a lot of my friends went on and got full-time jobs apprenticeships stuff like that and i had a choice i could go on to the gymnase which is like yeah i'd say it's like it's like high school like, it's like college uh, like, like lycée 
yeah the french dc yeah so just before uni and i could go and do three years there and i kind of thought no that's that's not what i want to do i wasn't enjoying it i i i was doing the bare minimum to get through and failing stuff and i just wasn't turning up to class i wasn't doing my homework it just didn't interest me um and i it was it's basically like doing the first year of IGCSEs. That was that year and the year that I finished. And I just kind of decided with my parents, my parents had realized that I'd had enough. And we decided that I was going to take a year out. That was going to work. I was going to get some jobs. I was going to earn money so that I could travel and earn money so that I could do things. And it was genuinely the best decision I've ever made. Like with the help of my parents as well. And and that, that took me out to Uganda with, there's only a group of four of us that went. Um, the lady that owned it, uh, one of my cousin's friends. Um, I worked as a mechanic on the lift. Um, I worked in a supermarket stacking shelves and on the till. Um, just any job I could kind of find just to kind of fund the rest of my, my trip so I could go and visit family in the UK. And when I came back at the end of the year, I changed school. So I went from the Swiss public system and I then changed to um, a private school, which I got into because my parents worked there. So there was a a place for me to go. And that school did IGCSEs and IB. And realistically, I should have gone in and done last year of IGCSEs and got my IGCSEs out of the way. But we just decided that if I was going to go in, I should just go in straight for the IB. Just two years, quick, in and out. And that that definitely, that year prepared me so well for the IB in terms of, I realized when I was working in the shop, when I was working on the lift as a mechanic and stuff, I kind of thought, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And if I keep, if I keep dropping out of school and just kind of not really, because it wasn't like I was dropping out of school to do productive stuff. I was dropping out of like, just not doing school stuff and just because I was being a bit lazy. And I kind of thought, I don't want to do either of these jobs. I, this is not a position I want to be in. And if I don't work hard, I'm not going to get the, op- I'm not going to have the opportunities. I'm not going to have the career options that I want. And that kind of, that hit me hard that year. And that was one of the things that I definitely took away. I wouldn't say my education fell. I think it gave me a lot more motivation. And if I could go back, I would definitely, definitely do it again. A hundred percent. That's incredible. I've, I, I don't think I've ever, and this was, wait, 15? 15. You were 15? See, I've never heard of someone <laughs> so young take a gap year, ever. No. Because, because I, I, I took a gap year, I mean, that wasn't really a gap year. It was, I took an actual gap year by myself when I was, I just turned 18. So this was just after lycée yeah. in, in France, just straight after. And again, that was, again, one of the best it's one of the best things that you can do. It just, you learn so much. It just matures you. Yeah. It's like, it's, it sounds weird. It honestly sounds cliche, Yeah. but it, it, it really does. And, you know, I came back and I was, if the conversations I was having with my friends weren't kind of the same, it was like, it, you've kind of in the back of your mind, you've seen all of this stuff. Yeah. And it's, and they're, they're kind of not aware of what you've, seen and yeah. stuff i don't know it was kind of a weird it's a whole perspective shift that you don't really notice until you get back to what your life was like before like you're saying you you feel a bit strange in situations that you were used to and just because you're looking at it from a slightly different angle um 
I mean, I also, I, I've taken two gap years. I took a gap year, like you said, as soon as I finished the Lycée as well. Um, and, but that was to get qualifications. I wanted to get my swim teacher qualification, cycle qualification, personal trainer qualification, and I had to do my military service. Um, and both of the gap years have just, it just taught me hard work, you know, you, and make the most of it. Like I'd always kind of, I'd work really hard to earn money to pay for stuff so that I could go out and have experiences so that I could go out and do things. And the moment my army finished, I went out and visited friends. I went and traveled back to the UK just to go and visit people and spend time with them. Um, and I, I really would recommend to anyone that's listening to this, like if, if you're considering taking a gap year, if you've got, and if you're going to do something with that gap year, I wouldn't say take a gap year and just sit at home and just watch Netflix and go and do something with it. You've got to, you've got to take, take the full experience, take it, put everything you got into it. Like really throw yourself into the whole experience. You'll meet new people. You'll have in, in, incredible experiences you never thought you had. And it'll take you in directions that you never thought you'd go in. And that's kind of the, yeah. If you, if you're considering taking a gap year, take it and be self-sufficient I'd say as well if you want to go and do a trip you've got to go and earn that money to do that trip and it you makes you it you feel so much better about it and you feel like you've earned it and it you make it makes mm. you appreciate it so much more because you're like this has come from me and it's incredibly satisfying I don't know if you found if you found that one with your gap here but that's definitely one of the things I found in mine yeah hundred percent I I've mentioned this in another episode but I don't think we've spoken about it so I was 18 I went straight to Thailand for a year and I went to volunteer and um, well it, it, we were paid we worked at this school in Bangkok and we were there basically gap students was was the term. Um, and yeah, we got, we got paid. I mean, we got, it was something like 300 euros a month, mm -hmm. something like that, maybe a little bit less. So, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a salary. I mean, it's not yeah. a huge amount, but in, in, in Thailand and also compared to the, even the staff at the school, we were paid more than some of the staff Whoa. in the school, like the full-time staff. And just that alone, just knowing that we got paid more for, you know, it, it wasn't, I mean, we did work a lot, but, yeah. you know, it was kind of, we could help the kids with their homework or we could, um, we'd, you know, step in for a teacher who was sick or we'd do a sports activity and we'd do all this fun stuff that the, these staff never got to do and we still got paid more than them. And because we were in a different region of the world, you know, your, your, your kind of holidays become very different. You know, the, the sort of, you know, when I used to live in France, well, Switzerland is just around the corner. So is Spain and so is Belgium. Yeah. But when you're based in Thailand, well, you've got Vietnam and you've got India and they become your Switzerland and Spain, you know, it's just a completely different. Wow. So then we, we went to, yeah, it's, it's so weird. It's like you, you, yeah. And I think we, we saw Vietnam, we went India, Cambodia, and it's, it's not, it's not even that far can, you know, considering it, uh, it would have been, it, it's just the perfect, I don't know. You're just exploring this whole different region of the world. Like, you know, if you're based in Uganda, yeah, well, you've got all of these different countries that you would never have. Oh, you know, yeah. had the opportunity to go to if you hadn't have even been to Uganda in the first place. Yeah. Um, so that and just because we we paid for our, our trips 
you know, we paid for the flights to go to Vietnam. We paid for the hotels. We had to pay for the this, and we earned this money just throughout the year. It really does make you appreciate just the value of stuff and how how far, you know, 300 euros a month. I mean, that's amazing when you know what you can do with that. Yeah, I, I never feel, I've always got this kind of thing holding me back from just going out and just thinking, if I've got this money, I'll spend it type thing. Um, mm. was, was it Jay-Z that said, if you can't buy it twice, you can't buy it. <laughs> I don't know, but I, quite, I like that. <laughs> I, I, I quite like that. It's the sort of thing, thinking, oh, I'm, not, I'm gonna. I'm. <laughs> this is from growing up watching my brother. He he would just he'd spend money he didn't have. He was in constantly in debt to my parents. He's got a job now, but he was constantly in debt to my parents by hundreds of francs. And that was the thing for me is I would never, I would never let. So if I had certain amount like a thousand in the bank account i would never let it drop lower than 500 for example like when i was a kid and i was very strict on that because i never wanted i don't know i always wanted to be in the position where i was able to use that money if something really important came along something yeah that was needed for example um and i don't know it's just kind of, that's kind of a mentality that's just kind of stuck with me i guess well that was a fucking journey that question that was <laughs> Do you remember? So we, we start. We started off with slow push-ups, we, and we ended up with "Don't buy expensive shoes." <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's um, right. So I, I, I feel as though I need to step in at this point with a second question. Okay, yeah, right. Ready. Let's st- let's start fresh. Let's start fresh. So here it is. Question two. Boom, bada boom. I'm not suggesting in any way that you are a criminal. Okay. However, if you were to be somehow convicted of a crime and, you know, you end up on death row, right. that, that, that's your life now. You end up on death row. What's your death row meal going to be, Simon? Your last meal. So I want starter, main course, dessert, and potentially a drink. Potential. Right. I have actually never considered this and this is quite, I feel like I'm quite one of the, there's one of those very impulsive people. If, if you ask me at a given time, I will give you a completely different answer. (laughs) So I just had a barbecue, so I don't, I'm, I don't really know what I'd want. Um, I Ben and Jerry's cookie dough for dessert. That's gotta be, gotta be my number one. Okay. Garlic bread. Gotta, you know, garlic bread for a starter. Oh, Oh, what's the main though? The main's the the tough bit. Oh, trying to think back to like the best. I think it's hard because I think the best food I've ever had has always come at a time when I've kind of needed it. So when I've done like something incredibly physical, like Mm. a slice of toast has been the best thing ever. Like in the same sense, like when you've done a massive hike and you've completely forgotten about taking any water with you and you get stuck somewhere and you find a bottle and you just chug the entire thing and it's just the most amazing tasting thing you've ever had. Mm. I mean, you, you are about to die, to be fair. You are about to die. So so, so maybe that's some sort of incentive. Um, and chicken nuggets is jumping to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think genuinely I'd probably go with something like pasta carbonara, but like a really mm. rich sauce, like a really heavy sauce. Something that's going to like weigh me down for like a good few hours afterwards. <laughs> um, oh, and I'll throw it. I'll throw in some like strawberries with the Ben and Jerry's because I want to seem like healthy. 
Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Coach Minton and all that. A bit healthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Garlic bread, spaghetti carbonara, Ben and Jerry's cookie dough. Uh, and a drink. Oh, and a drink. Yeah, unlimited refills. It's the greatest death row ever. And if it's unlimited, I'd, I'd like to see what happens if I just like chug Red Bull like over and over <laughs> and over again. Yeah, because you're about to die anyway. Like, die. like you might. It's either th- you, you either you either fly away, or you you get electrocuted. And my, I, or you end up vibrating so much and like so fast that you're able to just go through a wall. Ooh. Oh, I, I thought you were about to say when you get electrocuted, you're vibrating at the same sort of frequency <laughs> as the shock and you just completely limit. You're, you're fine. You're just kind of... I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe, that, maybe that's what... I mean, that's maybe something that, you know, they should consider. Like, if someone is ordering so many Red Bulls at the end, like, yeah. are they, have they got a plan, you know? No, but that, I think that's probably... I don't like the. I don't really like the taste of it. I just do it because I need the caffeine and the sugar. Uh, mm. Probably full fat coke. Mm. Go full fat coke. Yeah, why not? Yeah, nice. Like, that sounds good. Yeah, I think a lot of. Uh, I don't know. I I think I like. It's definitely simplicity for me. I like simple taste and stuff. Like, got to be simple as long as it tastes good. Like. Yeah, I'm. I might have to. I might have to join you on the garlic bread front. I yeah. mean garlic bread like the one of the best things in the world the middle slice of garlic bread is it's that kind of moist kind of buttery garlicky soft man you're making me so hungry so garlic bread i would say dessert i would probably say we we have this thing in my family um so sticky toffee pudding is kind of an important just because we used to have it a lot as as a family you know it was just it's got some kind of meaning behind it it's not just the taste okay um that's a a cool approach think of that yeah and then so so that because i think it i think it would make me kind of um remember my uh, kind of my family would be (laughs) you were gonna say yeah i was (laughs) in my blood let's just say (laughs) <laughs> him um <laughs> just before i die i mean the gesture, um, gesture was was the best i mean people aren't gonna it <laughs> was fantastic at that point um and main course to be honest i might probably pizza you yeah. know it's 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 just one of the things that it's just so simple so yeah i I wouldn't go too complicated no lobster or some like champagne and stuff keep it trash trashy because the the good thing is you can eat as much shit as you like nothing worse is going to happen because you're about to die yeah you can eat whatever you want and i'd I'd probably have a milkshake now this is for a drink a very specific milkshake i would have i had this in thailand at this breakfast place in in pie Om's Garden, if you're in Pai in Thailand listening to this, go there. Um, it was strawberry, banana, coconut oh. um, milkshake. It was lush. So I would go for that. I like the sound of that. That's my last meal. Easy question. That was an easy one. That was an easy one. Didn't take us on a big... Nice and easy. Um, right. We, we have we have one question left and I... I 
the, 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 the easy question is sandwiched in between two chunky questions. Okay, so this is the bread. This is another bread question. All right. Uh, and this is the last one. So question three. Boom, by the um, this, this, this is actually really fucking difficult. I don't know what I'm going to say. I hope you're going to say something smart that will influence me because I have no idea. Yeah. Um, if, if you only had, if you could choose to only have one sense, as in like one of your five senses, like sight and hearing and taste and shit. Yeah. You could only have one. Which one would you choose to keep? So you're, you're, you're getting rid of four. You have to keep one. Like as of right now or as in I would have it from birth? Now see, that's, yes, now see that's a brilliant thing because, for example, blind, I think being blind from, from now is shit. But if you're born, I think it's all right, yeah. to be honest. I think it would be all right as well. Um, I don't know. Uh, let me think. So... Uh, what are the five senses again? Like, so right, yeah, <laughs> let's go over that. So sight, sight's got to be one, yeah, right? Hearing, yeah. Taste, touch, yeah. And smell, taste, touch, smell. smell. I, th- I think, I think straight away, I'm getting rid of smell. I'm getting rid of smell as well. I'd probably get rid of yeah. <sighs> okay, so the dilemma I'm kind of facing right now is. Like the thing about sight and sound, like sight and hearing is you're able to interact with the world around you. You're able to interact with the people around you in one way or another. If you remove either of those, like say you go for touch, you can't, there's not the same, you know, you can't communicate in the same way. Like you are able to communicate, but it's a lot more abstract. Mm. Yeah. I I think, well, I think the kind of the the top, if if we're choosing favorites. Yeah within the senses. I think top two have got to be sight and hearing. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So I think from the get-go, I think I'm getting rid of... Actually, well, taste tastes tough as well, but I can smell for sure. Touch, I, I could do without touch, I reckon. Feeling without feeling stuff? I don't know. But then, but then would you rather just be able to feel stuff and not see, hear, taste, or... So, you know, you can... You can but, but then every food has no taste. Every food has no taste. Yeah. I mean, I've been watched like Dead, De- was it Daredevil and stuff where like he loses. Mm. He oh, yeah. It. Yeah. And it's, would, the, would, the, would the final sense be heightened? That's, this is a, quite important. Oh, I, th- oh I, th- I think it would. I think it'd have to be because I think it even, I think there's experiments, I'm pretty sure, like even if you like close your eyes for a bit, you start to hear better yeah. or something like that. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. So, so you could have a, a heightened version of any sense, but you get rid of the four. Ooh, I that's, that's really tough, man. Like it's the bread of the question sandwich. Ah, uh, I, I, this is the thing. I've seen some amazing sights and everything, and I don't think I, because I can sit in silence, and that's the thing. And I quite, I do quite enjoy that sometimes. And I find it quite relaxing and quite peaceful. So, and if I gave up like sound, like being able to hear and stuff, I wouldn't be able to drive and driving around here. I wouldn't be able to climb. I wouldn't be able to do all the, all this stuff that I do enjoy. And so I definitely think I, I definitely choose sight as well, just because keep, keep sight, keep sight because I'm the, particularly where the place where I live. I mean, 
with the mountains and everything. If I couldn't see that, but I knew it was... Yeah, you can't hear mountains. You can't hear the mountains. You can't hear the wilderness. And it would... And you'd, you'd be able to learn sign language and... I don't know. I, th- I think that's definitely that's definitely the one I'd pick. I'd definitely keep my sight because not only is it the most useful, but it I find I'd find it really able to like ground me. Like I'd, I'd still be able to do a lot more in that sense. And mm. I'm 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 a very visual person. Like I'm I'm not. I get very distracted if it's just if it would just be audio. Like I wouldn't. Yeah. There'd be too much going on. But with sight, I think you can just kind of narrow it down. You can focus on like one specific thing and just zone everything else out. Um, yeah, and that, that and that's the thing with sight. You can kind of uh, replace other senses. So if, if you have sight, yeah. your sight can then be a tool to kind of replace other senses as well, if you know what I mean. So yeah. like it, it, it can you can communicate by, by this. You don't have to hear them, but as long as I'm doing sign language on a podcast. <laughs> but if... if <laughs> I'm I'm doing sign language right now. You can't see it, but I am. It's very good. And so that, right? So so you don't even need to be able to hear. But things like there's no good replacement for like taste. You know what I mean? If you can just take or no, there's no good replacement for vision. So if you actually there is. So but if you just have taste, I think you're fucked. You can just yeah. taste things. I mean, isn't there a guy who tastes the sounds of words have you ever did you ever come across so if you say a specific word like if he says a specific word it, it triggers a t- it triggers the taste buds so it's like two of the nerves like the like the, cr- the cranial nerves some of the cranial nerves are crossed over or there's, there's some kind of interaction between parts that shouldn't not and most people don't interact and don't touch and so yeah when he says a specific color or a name for example it triggers a taste and he's able to then describe that taste. So someone, so say my name, and he's able to taste something very specific. Taste like you. But it's not even like taste me. It's taste like, um, I don't know, it might be um, M&M. Like he's able- that, 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 that's your taste. Yeah. Would you like to be, would you like to taste of M&Ms? Oh, oh. I, there's worse things to taste of, for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. For sure. And you don't want to be like one of those Bertie, like from Harry Potter. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. So like Bertie Bots, every flavor beans, like you've got some bad ones in there. Mm. And so if you come out there, M&M's you're, right. like, you're like, happy days. Easy. Easy next. Yeah, you spin it. Days. Or Maltesers. Maltesers would probably, probably be a oh, I've not had Maltesers in ages. And this is the thing about living in France. You, I mean, you get the, the, the chocolate game is a lot better in France, but it's not the same. You know, I love, I love a crunchy. You know, crunchies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. crunchies. Yeah. Fucking love crunchies. It's one of my favorite things, but they don't have it in France. And M and M's. I used to love Aeros as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know Aeros. Oh, they're kind of minty, the bubbly stuff. Hey. Curly whirlies. Yeah. <laughs> I like caramel things. You know, twelve, like the ones that crumble all over the place and flake. Oh yeah, like a like a flake. Yeah, like those two. Those I love. Yeah. And oh, mini eggs. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah anyway, I think. Question for a future episode: What what food would you like to taste like? <laughs> but like you? constantly, yeah. like no. So you you could just go like, you just suck your finger, and be like, oh, mozzarella. Oh, but then you then you could be something interesting. You'd be like Marmite. <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, but then that's a problem. Wouldn't animals and stuff come out like like flies? You know, if you smell like chocolate, I reckon flies and stuff would be all over that. Like wasps. Oh, oh no. Yeah, no, I don't like wasps. So you'd have to choose something that animals don't like, that, that wouldn't attract a lot of attention, but doesn't taste, doesn't smell bad. It basically rules out most food, doesn't it? Cause... Yeah. New shoes. Uh, that's a nice smell. It's a nice smell. Or a new car. New car. I smell or like you a new just, car. You could just go with, like, cologne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> won't we so it's not like the smell because the smell wouldn't attract them it's if they landed on you and they taste you like oh that's good like oh that yeah mm -hmm. so i wouldn't want to taste of perfume because that tastes disgusting if you've ever accidentally sprayed that into your mouth like <laughs> miss, <it's> like <laughs> so sand would be a bad one to taste like sand yeah, yeah. actually i th th this is weird right this is really sand. weird but when when I when I ever went to the beach uh, as a young kid, I found it quite fun just 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 a little bit, just to pick a little bit and just mm. just crunch on the sand. No, mate, that that's trademark psychopath. Yeah, it probably explains why I've only got three teeth. Three what? <laughs> three teeth. I, I I don't. I I have all of my teeth. What about wisdom teeth? They're they're actually they're actually um they're kind of halfway. But the the uh, the trajectory is straight, okay. so I don't get gum pain and stuff. But they are every time I go to the dentist, they're like, "Yep, yeah, they're there. They're just slow." Um, so they are coming. I, I've never had braces or anything. I've my my teeth are fine. I've never had teeth yeah. problems really. What? Wait, do you have all four of them? It was. Um, I'm just gonna go into my mouth. <laughs> wait, I, I don't actually know. <laughs> they didn't I have told you, I think. If... Mm, so I've a, a bottom right is there. A bottom left is also there. Oh, I think the top ones are through completely. Oh, hello. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So I've got, I've got, I've got the two top ones and half of the bottom ones each. Oh, okay. So I've th three wisdom teeth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. That's it. <laughs> I don't think I've got any at the moment. Like, because mine are pushing kind of forwards. They're not going like straight down or straight up. Ah. In front. But I don't feel that. You, no? And the weird thing is, I only have three. Like, they looked on an x-ray and they're like, you only have three t three wisdom teeth. And I thought that was really that weird, is weird. Until we took my brother in and he got his scan. And he has none. Hmm. So I, I, I thought I, you were going to say he has five. Oh, no, he doesn't have... Oh, yeah, he stole one of mine. No. <laughs> so, okay. Set, sight, sight it is. Sight it is. Sight cool. it is. I, I, I agree with that. I, yeah, I think that's definitely the best one. Do you think anyone's going to say, like smell or taste right so what right what do you think is the worst thing to go like the worst just one to keep i reckon taste is probably the the worst one J just taste no just smell yeah because taste you can still like taste your food you can still like you'd still be able to i don't know taste is a really nice thing to have like with your meals and stuff yeah, yeah, because otherwise, when you're eating a pizza, it's basically everything tastes the same. It's just the texture yeah. of of the thing you're getting. But I wonder how it would. Because have you ever you ever done that thing? You know, where you eat something you don't like. I used to do this as a kid all the time. You hold your nose that you can't smell, it, and it reduces the taste. Like if you lose one of your senses, have you ever tried that? Yeah, no, no, I have, no, I have. But I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, because you can't smell, you have no taste of no sense of smell 
you could eat everything because yeah <laughs> because it wouldn't taste bad yeah i mean it's like when you you know you got a really blocked nose you got a really bad cold and everything tastes like soda mm. no matter what it is like everything just tastes disgusting it just tastes mm-hmm. so bland and there's no flavor and it doesn't make you want to eat anything so how does that how would that affect it i i want i that would be quite interesting someone should do a study mm. remove four senses yeah just have one i actually i actually saw this thing quite a while ago and i've always wanted to try it it's like these um like these sweets and you basically put them in your mouth and you kind of you, you kind of suck on it a little bit and you kind of wash it around whatever and then whenever you eat um like sour foods it turns them into sweet so you could eat a lemon and it would taste like an orange so it it, it like alters it alters your um sort of taste buds and i remember the the, the only reason i know this is uh, it dies off you know in like 10 minutes or whatever but the only reason i know this is there was this youtuber guy who did this um lemons for leukemia i think it was yeah and he challenged one of his friends to they had to eat as many lemons like whole lemons with the skin and everything as they could and every lemon was like a hundred dollars to this charity or whatever and he took two of these things beforehand so he was just plowing through these lemons as if they were oranges because that's what they tasted like yeah. And just easy, easy, easy. And I've always wanted to try that. Just to, the, the weird sensation of eating a lemon and it tasting actually sweet. Do you think you could like psychologically like adjust someone's behavior? So say, say someone's like, you know, they're kind of, they've got an, a, like a sugar addiction because like you can get addicted to it. In a sense. Do you think that would be a way of correcting? So forcing them away from specific food. Like, so you take it in quite a high dose at the start to move yourself away to move stuff that's not, not as sugary, for example. But then like you decrease the dosage as you go along. So you then switch it back. So it's, I don't know. Like, how would that work mm. in terms of behavior modification? I don't know. I know, I know that like, I mean, even uh, without this kind of, pill you can even like through things like hypnosis and stuff people quit smoking yeah. you know just just through that and then they they genuinely just don't like the taste of of a cigarette and that's no, there's no medication that is literally just brain power that is literally just hacking into a part of your brain and just i mean you see like, th- like things like the placebo effect i think it'd be kind of similar to that yeah it's like you know, I, I don't know if you know, do you know Darren Brown? Do you know who Darren Brown is? Yeah, I do know Darren Brown. I, I know who that is, yeah. The name rings. He's like a magician psychological illusionist is his full title. Yeah. But he did this whole thing on the placebo effect. And he got people in that had, you know, different fears. So one guy was, he had vertigo, you know, fear of heights. And then this girl had kind of stage fright. And this guy was like uh, water, I think it was, because he had a drowning thing when he was a kid or whatever. And he basically, he set up this whole lab and made it look super official. And there was kind of real doctors that were there. And they, the whole idea was, it's a documentary. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it's just Darren Brown something. And they were basically testing out this drug. This was the whole backstory that um, cures your fears. And they were like, we found this drug that cures your fears and we need some people to test it out on. So these people came in and they gave them this drug. And obviously the whole setting was super official and they were filming everything. And and it was basically sugar. It, that was all it was. But they gave them an injection and they were like, oh, you, you might start feeling dizzy. 
complete bullshit, but a lot of them were like, oh yeah, I kind of feel a bit dizzy, I'm going to lie down, my arm kind of hurts. Bullshit, just placebo. And a lot of them, it actually uh, cured their fear of, you know, of fear of heights or whatever. Yeah. And they took the guy up onto a building, onto a bridge, and he could walk across the bridge. But but it, nothing happened. It was literally, he made himself believe that he no longer was afraid of heights. Yeah. And therefore, he wasn't. It's amazing, like, the the brain, like, the, the actual power it has. Like, it's just, you can't even wrap your head around it. Have you seen the show on Netflix? It's like, The Mind Explained. Uh, yeah, it's like the mini series. The mini series, yeah. I thought that was really cool. But I love, I quite like the one with the guy who, during REM sleep, so rapid eye movement sleep, he acts out his dreams because he hasn't got the thing in the brainstem that stops the brain from c connecting from the rest of the body. So all of us have that. So when we sleep, our brain's doing all this stuff, all this crazy stuff, all the electric, like you can see all the activity in the brain. And then... This guy, it actually acts out his thing. So he has to sleep with gloves on in a sleeping bag so he can't, and mittens and everything. And so he's like taped to his bed so he can't get out of his sleeping bag and just act out his dream. Well, I've not, I've not seen that one. That's, that's, a, that's one of the, it's, a, it's the first, I think it's like the first one. It's a, it skips over it quite briefly, but that's a, that was a really good episode. It was um, Dreams. Wow. And I, I, don't, I don't very rarely dream. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I, I, I never have nightmares or I never have... It's, it's always random things. And it's, it's usually just before I wake up. It's, it's usually that kind of period. And I remember the, the last time, this was so random. Because I'm in German, I'm learning German at the moment. Yeah. And I kind of... Because I'm in German, I'm always hearing German. So, <laughs> so random, right? I was having a dream and I got this email in my dream, right? Uh, boring, right? Yeah. Th these are my dreams. You know, I'm not flying. I get Getting emails. emails. Wow. And I got this email and it was in German. And there was this, I was reading it kind of in my head. And there was this word, it was um, geworden, right? Yeah. And I was like, wait, what does that mean? So I woke up. And I asked my girlfriend who's sleeping. It was like four in the morning. And I was like, Charlotte, Charlotte, what does Gavorden mean? And she was like, huh? what? And then I was like, she said it. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I went back to sleep. And I kept reading my email. That's amazing. So that that's the kind of standard of my dreams. Uh, I, I mean, I don't dream, but my girlfriend does. And similar to you, like she four o'clock in the morning, she woke me up. And I said, why did you wake me up? She's like, Simon, you got to wake up. you got to wake up. And I was like, wow, what, what's going on? She was like, oh, okay, good. And then went, just went straight back to sleep. <laughs> like, okay. And I asked her the next day. And basically in her dream, she was in this world. It was our world and everything was normal. But you weren't allowed to sleep more than a certain amount of time during the day. And I had gone past my time and I was going to go to jail or something if I didn't wake up soon. So she suddenly decided that she was like, it woke fully woke up from her dream and then like shook me awake to make into trouble for oversleeping. But for that's, that's a great, that's a great movie that, right there. Yeah. People sleep too much. They go to jail. And it was all a dream. 
That's crazy. Also, oh yeah, right. Also that, but the, there was this uh, also another type of dream. It's kind of like deja vu. It, it, it's basically deja vu. I, in my dreams, I'll have this kind of just image. Uh, this is so weird. This is one of the weirdest things. Deja vu, and like, it it's it, it's usually like a either like a few seconds of an action yeah or just a still image and i don't understand this couple days later a, a week later i completely forget about this thing and the, you know my, my my dad walks past or something and i'm like i've seen that before yeah this this image and i'm like that is to me one of the craziest things there is i just don't understand no I, I don't think i don't think i can wrap my head around it you just you kind of sit in there just going where have i seen that and you can never remember you can never remember where you've seen it before no. you don't know if you have seen it before if it's something that you've seen in a dream if it's just some random feeling you've all of a sudden got because it's approximately something that you've seen or stuff like that like yeah but uh, but also you know even sometimes it can be speech so it'll be like someone will be saying something and they say it and and they'll say, oh, pizza, you know, yeah. something. And I was like, I knew you were going to say pizza. I, I knew you were going to say that. A hundred percent. But even... It can, I, Which is so weird. Sentence. It can even be an entire sentence. And you're like, okay, that's really that's really quite scary. I knew I knew that was coming. Yeah, it's just like, I, I, I've been in this situation. But I, and for me, I think like some of the deja vus I have, they last like 10 seconds. And I'm full sitting mm. there just going. And for 10 seconds, you're catatonic. It's, yeah. you, you cannot move. You are completely petrified. And it's just because you, your brain doesn't seem to be able to catch up with what's going on. And you're just kind of sat there and you're just looking around at the people and just going. And I feel I felt like I hold my breath sometimes when it happens because you know it's coming. You know that sentence and you know what they're going to say. And then they say it. And then you just breathe out. <sighs> and then you're quiet for about five seconds. Then you kind of just okay never mind that was just deja vu yeah it's crazy did you, did you say lucid dreaming just a little bit before i didn't say lucid dreaming but that's something that that freaks me out oh i'd love to be able to do that i i there's like whole techniques and stuff and how like how to lucid dream and i'd love to just be in a dream because you i never control my dreams and then just just to be there and you're like okay cool i'm dreaming let's fly or i want to make a cake or i want to I want to do this or I want to see this yeah. and just being able to do it for like a few hours. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you run the risk of getting sleep paralysis though when you do that, don't you? Lucid dreaming. Well, always. Not, not every time you do it, but it's one of the risks. I know a few oh. friends of mine that did it when they were at school and the guy literally woke up in the middle of the night and he couldn't move. Like he was frozen in his bed and he could see his wardrobe and some like black shape like came out of the wardrobe and he was telling us the next day and he was dead serious like he was like the look of fear like he was genuine and he was like this creature came out it was half it was like it didn't have a shape in a sense it just kind of was it was just this kind of moving block. kind of like kind of like stranger things meets fog type thing like one of the monsters mm. like, it just didn't really have a form apart from the faces and the faces were friends and family and people he recognized but slightly distorted like not quite human and it just kind of kept moving towards him for like but so then is he is he asleep or is his or are his eyes open his eyes are open and he can't move and this 
Mm, okay. But but is but is he asleep with his eyes open? Um, he described it as being him fully awake and just not able to move his limbs. So okay. it might be something okay. to do with like you know how we said before there's something that stops the senses getting down to the rest of the body, stops the neural commands going through. It could be that his eyes open and he's aware of what's going on, but there's still the blockage. So he's thinking, move. He's thinking, get up, panic, do this. But his body won't do it. His body won't respond because it's still in that dream state. Um, but he said it went on for like a full five minutes before he was able to like get his body out and like jerk himself up. And wow. Um, but I don't know. I've never, I, I, haven't, I don't think I've experienced it personally. I think I might have done once, but I'm not, I'm, Again, unsure if it was a dream or not, or if I was actually awake and was like seeing weird things. But if if you give it a go, let me know how it goes. And if you lucid dream and and then and <laughs> and then get like you know sleep paralysis, sleep want to hear about that? <laughs> yeah, I'll try because I've I've read. I was really interested in it in you know, a couple of years ago, and there are techniques that you can actually. There's like steps that you can do, and it's basically you don't actually fall asleep you're kind of constantly in this state so you don't want to fall into deep sleep you just you're just you're just kind of there and i don't know i'll i'll read about it yeah i'll try it out at some point but i i don't think i have the patience for it i think that's the thing because there's a lot of waiting there's a lot of like breathing and a lot of bullshit and i'm just like just get me there i just want to push the button and lucid dream i mean there's uh, who is it that told one of the guy? One of the guys at school. One of the things he did was he wrote for like a month. He wrote, "This is a dream" on his arm, and so he got so used to those words being there, like having a watch, so that when he did go into a dream, it was like it was written there. And then he saw that, and he was like, "This is a dream." And the moment you think that, then you're able to be a bit more aware. Yeah, I remember hearing this. It it's yeah, you need something. Um, so that you, you you basically need to be aware that you're dreaming and and that's the thing with like a watch or something a lot of people have like a watch and they'll kind of do the same thing so it's like when they look down and they see it but they're floating they're like okay this is a dream yeah and now i'm in control and that's the moment where it kind of turns into a lucid yeah dream. and that's like with inception you know when they're not they have the totem yeah the little uh toupee yeah, the poopy. That's it. That's the word. Uh, <laughs> think, spinning top. That's it. Uh, spinning top. Yeah. But even like just anything that's like unique to you, so that you know if something's not quite right with it, so that you can wrap mm -hmm. your mind around it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's such a great film. It's great. That no, honestly, I think that is one of my favorite movies, yeah. Inception, and the the ending. It's like the 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 thing where he spins it and it doesn't fall. It just kind of shakes, but it doesn't fall, and you don't know if he's still there, he's out, or where is but he? There's, um, I, never, I, I read up a lot of this because it infuriated me that I didn't really know, and I, I, I hope everyone's seen it because otherwise there'll be some spoilers in this, but um, when he's dreaming, apparently he has his wedding ring on. Always. Yeah, whenever he's dreaming, cause <clears throat> that's one of the things, like his, because he thinks his wife is still there, you know? So, mm -hmm. like, in his dreams, he's still married. So he still has his wedding ring on. But in real life, he's had that taken off after his wife killed herself. So I think, I can't remember which way around it is, again, because it's still a bit, it's one of those endings that's quite debated. But he doesn't have it on in the final scene, 
which suggests that it is not a dream. Okay. I think I'm just going to do the little um, end of podcast speech. Uh, so first of all, Simon, thank you so much no, for coming on. It's been great. Such a good cat. I mean, the questions were fantastic. That first question took us on such a massive journey, didn't it? It did. Um, but yeah, so Simon, thanks so much. And um, thank you to everyone who listened. Um, Simon's Instagram, by the way, I'm going to... Simon's Instagram, is it coach.minton or just coach.minton? Coach.minton, yeah. Coach.minton. He's got some crazy workouts on there. If you want to try a few of them, little challenges, brilliant. Um, the Instagram of the podcast is uh, Taunt Podcast. That's it. Uh, send us a question on there. Simon has, and we've already answered his question in a previous episode. By the way, if you could uninvent something, <laughs> what would it be? We I forgot about that. Okay, so I've had I've given this some thought, and I'm gonna go with something that is kind of weird. So I would uninvent. Oh, how inconvenient is that? Now, I don't mean to leave you on such a cliffhanger, but we were chatting and Simon's AirPods died and he was recording his voice through his AirPods and something messed up and basically we lost the audio. We, I know, I know what Simon would uninvent, um, but you don't. So... We'll just have to have him on the podcast again so he can answer that question. But yeah, again, thank you for listening and see you in the next one. Bye.